I want to bring a, a, a message. I've had the, the privilege of, of being able to, to bring a message this morning. And um, it's, uh, I've got a title this morning, quite a catchy wee title. It's called A Room With A View. Um, I've never actually seen the film. There's a film called A Room With A View. It's got a star-studied kind of cast, Denim Elliott and some really big actors, Dame Maggie Smith. And, um, but I just thought it would be a good name for the, for the title this morning. So it's not really... Um, it's more to do with the room part that I kind of uh, wanted to take it from. And um, I wanted to kind of liken our, our Christian lives and our Christian experiences. Um, this ties in with something I brought a few weeks ago, and I'll kind of share a wee bit more about that, um, about us being in a room, our Christian experience and our Christian lives just being a little bit like, it's a picture, it's an analogy, uh, if, if you understand what I'm saying. So all of us are in some kind of a room, spiritually speaking, with God. We're in some sort of room uh, with God. And uh, I like, you know, when you look at a room, a room's obviously in a house. Yeah? Most rooms are in houses. Does anybody, does anybody like watching the things on TV about houses? Put, put your hand up if you like that. Right? What sort of things do you watch? Ah, oh, that was one of the ones I had here. Yeah? Any others? See, you guys love things to do with houses, don't you? <laughs> Escape to the country, homes under the hammer. Yeah, one of my, I, I quite like grand designs as well. And they take this fantastic house and they, it's just usually awesome what they do uh, with it. So, you know, basically all houses have rooms. And the rooms have different sizes. And all rooms have doors. And all doors have locks. Okay, it's just a bit of education, just in case you didn't know that. So what I want to really sort of focus in is, is, is the rooms. And I shared a, a word uh, a number of weeks ago that I felt God had given me, probably three or four weeks ago, and, and it was about um, God, wanting to, God wanting to bring us into a greater sense of freedom and release. And the picture I had at the time was, I had a picture to go with it, and it was a picture of a, a reasonable-sized room. Okay, so it wasn't a small room, it wasn't a tiny room at that particular picture that the Lord gave me. And there was, you know, you could have lots of people quite fit comfortably in the room. And I suppose the gist of the message and the gist of what I felt that God was wanting to say was that he wants to, no matter where you are, even if you're in a good place, even if you're in a really big room and you're experiencing God is big, that God wants to bring us into something even bigger. That was the kind of gist of what I felt God was saying. God wants to bring us into something bigger, and God has called us uh, to an ongoing journey of adventure. An ongoing journey of adventure with a few challenges along the way. And who, who likes the challenges? No, no. Oh, a couple like the challenges. There's always challenges on the journey, but you know, it is a life of adventure. Do you know this Christian life that we have in God? It is a, a journey of adventure. And there are some really good times and some really high times, but there's also some low times as well. But the great thing about this journey is God's always there. He's always, we sang it there, you know, he, he's a rock in times of trouble. God is always with us on the journey uh, together. So we know we're never alone on the journey. I want to read a passage here, Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. Um, I'll, I'll just read it. Uh, if you've got a Bible, you're welcome to turn to that. So we can't put it on the screen, unfortunately, this morning. So it's Genesis chapter 11, 
and I'll be reading from verse 31. It says, And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldees, which was modern-day Iraq. So they went out from modern-day Iraq to go to the land of Canaan, which is modern-day Israel. Um, So they set off on the journey, uh, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. And it was interesting that Terah settled in a place named after his, I think his son. Am I right in saying that, Andrew? Terah's son, Haran? Yeah? It's interesting. (laughs) He's, He's nodding. I'm looking for some reassurance here that I got that. I don't want to preach anything that's wrong. So that was interesting. You know, they were heading. They were heading to somewhere else, but he actually stopped at somewhere named after his own son, Haran. And basically, Haran must have... It's actually modern-day Turkey. That's where Haran was. So they stopped. Uh, instead of carrying on towards Israel, they stopped uh, at Turkey. And Turkey's a good place to stop. I, I like Turkey. Been there two years in a row. Fantastic place. So... It's a lovely place, and you can understand, think, oh, it's a beautiful place. Let's, let's just set ourselves here. Let's stay here. And that's exactly what Terra did. Terra thought, I like it here. Turkey's great. You know, sand, sea, fantastic. And so he decided that he was going to stick around in Turkey. You know, it's possible to find yourself in a good place in your Christian life, a place of safety, a place of peace, a place uh, where uh, your God is even blessing you and you're doing well in your Christian faith. And it's possible to say, I like it here. It is a good place. It's not a bad place, but is it where God's called you to be? Has God called you to stop there? Has God told you to stay where you are? And there's always a bigger room. No matter how big the room you're in is, there's a bigger one. God has a bigger place for us to be. Genesis 12, just going back, uh, uh, or in fact, just going forward a wee bit, says uh, Genesis 12, verse 1 to 3, it says this, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So God spoke to Abram and said, Abram, this isn't the place to stop. Don't stick around here. You know, I'm thinking Terah must have had a call for God because it doesn't tell us specifically, but Terah, God must have, because why would you leave the country that you were in, in to go somewhere else? I think Terah must have had a call. He must have had some kind of call or some kind of being compelled to leave his country and to go somewhere else. And God showed him where he needed to go, but he stopped and he settled. But Abraham picks up, or Abram or Abraham is his, his name further in the Bible, talks about being Abraham rather than Abram. He gets the call to pick up, pack up his stuff and actually to take up the next stage of the journey. Now, God 
has been speaking to our church about expansion. And I believe that in order to see this fulfilled, we need to move. Now, you'll be thinking, what's he on about here? But I'm not talking about physically. That as well, actually. I do believe that genuinely, that we do need to move from this place. But we need to move from spiritually where we're at at the moment. You need to move, and I as well need to move from the place that you're at. It's a good place. It could be a comfortable place. It might not be a good place. We'll come on to that in a minute. But for some of us, it's not a bad place. For some of us, we've been here for a long time. Me too. Been here for a while. But God is starting to say, you know, Stephen, you need to move. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to start to, 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 to do certain things that, that he's spoken to me. And, and, and I'm sure he's spoken to you about as well. Don't get so comfortable. Some of you may be saying, do you know what, I'm, I'm past it. I've been, I've, I've done my stuff. You know, I, I don't, I'm quite comfortable in this place. I, quite, I can settle here for the rest of my life. Well, do you know what? God's saying no. Age isn't an issue. You know, I want to say, if you're 90 or more, you can minister to folks who are 90 better than I could. God has got a plan and a purpose. And it doesn't matter whether you're 90 or you're nine years old. You might be nine years old and you think, God, can he use me? God can use children and God can use all of us. But we need to be prepared to say, God, we need to hear that God is saying that we need to expand, we need to move from the place we're at and uh, into a bigger place. Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3, a very well-known passage, and I think we've read it very recently as well here, but I'm just reading the first, the first couple of verses. It says, Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen the cords, and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. And you know when you hear things like that, and you say, Do you know, Steve, but we've heard that a few times now. But I feel that God is wanting to say it again. And, you know, I've looked at what I'm bringing this morning, and a lot of it God has been saying. But I couldn't help it. I felt God was wanting to say it again. Because there's a sense in which we can hear what God is saying, but not respond to it. And when that happens, God doesn't he just say, do you know what, I'll let you off with that. God brings you back to it again. And do you know what? You might hear the same message I'm preaching in about three or four weeks' time. Because God wants us to take it on board and do something with it. So God wants you, and he wants me this morning as well. He wants us to take some action this morning. He wants us to do something with his word. And you know, it's not my word. I, I, I can't change you this morning. I, you know, I can't even actually change myself, although I can make changes to my life to allow God to make those changes. God is the one who changes. God's word is the, the thing that transforms and, and changes things. So we may have found ourselves in a good size place, but you know, there's another kind of room as well. We've talked about fairly big rooms. There's small rooms as well. And uh, I remember watching one of the, the, the TV programs. I can't remember which one it was, but they were looking at, at this wee place in London. Um, London. Some of the places in London are tiny. Absolutely tiny. And it was looking at this place in central London. And it was really pokey. <laughs> really pokey. And then they said, how much do you think? One million pounds. 
a million pounds. And honestly, it was a tiny, tiny little room. So be glad you don't live in London, because it's. Uh, don't think you could get very much property for your for your money in London. I want to talk about small rooms just for a moment. <coughs> smaller rooms. I've got three sort of little points to do with smaller rooms. Smaller rooms can be restrictive. They can be restrictive. Um, if you've got a small room and you've got a lot of furniture, you're pretty much goosed. <laughs> you're in trouble. You ain't going to fit it in. Not a chance. So if you've got a three-piece suite and you've got one of these places in London, you'll be lucky to get a two-seater into that place because there just isn't room. There's no room. It's restrictive. Being in a small room, and remember what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our Christian experience with God, and I'm liking in that to us being in a small room or a big room or a medium room. So being in that small room is, can be restrictive. And basically... I wonder this morning if you've made room for God. Is there room in your life or is it too small? Is there no room for God in your life? I wonder this morning if you've shut God out. Do you know it's possible to do that? A Christian shutting God out? Yeah. It's possible. Even as a Christian, it's possible to shut God out of your life. And, you know, I can look back at times in my life when ah, maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was shutting God out a wee bit. But God uh, doesn't want us to do that. God wants us to make room in our lives for him. So the room can be, uh, it can be restrictive. It can also be oppressive. You've heard the the saying, uh, no room to swing a cat. Sorry, Grace. Grace loves cats. Grace loves cats. She would not like the vision of somebody swinging a cat. That would really upset her. Um, There's no room to swing a cat in this place. It can be oppressive. Um, And and maybe you're in a small room this morning and maybe um, you're feeling a bit down about things. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're down. And it's possible to be like that when you're in a small place and there's not a lot of room and God isn't kind of moving in your life. It's very possible to be depressed. It's very possible to be a bit down. And again, that's not what God would have for for our lives. God doesn't want you to be depressed. That's the news this morning. God doesn't want you to be depressed and he doesn't want you to be down. He's come to lift you up. He's come to bring you out of that place. And he desperately wants to do it this morning. He wants to bring us. If we find ourselves in that kind of a situation, God is, is wanting to bring us out. And it can also be, a small room can also be um, a lonely place. You can't have many, many friends around in a small room. Not a lot of room to have people around. You might find you're in a small room this morning, and you might find it's a lonely place. And you may be a Christian, and you may be coming to church, but you may be lonely. You may be feeling really lonely. And I've got news for you, God doesn't want that for you. The Bible says that God... Uh, puts the lonely in families. And God wants you to be part of this, this fellowship, part of the family here. And so if you're feeling like that, that's not a place that God wants you to be. And it's, and, and it's possible to walk in here and say to people, hi, I'm fine, I'm great, but you're actually really lonely inside. And you're walking out of this place and you're walking back to an empty situation and you're feeling lonely and you're feeling down and you're feeling 
a bit miserable and a bit depressed. But yeah, that's not what God wants for you. And it's not what we want for you here as, as leaders at the church. We don't want you to be like that either. So it's possible that we can shut people out. We can shut God out. And perhaps we feel as Christians, you know, it's a little bit, I suppose this small room kind of thing, it kind of comes on to be, it's a wee bit like a prison. It's a wee bit like a prison, being in a really small room like I've described. And uh, how can we find our way out of that into something bigger in God? I just want to read a couple of things. Remember what I said, um, homes have rooms, rooms have doors, and doors have locks. And I want to share just quickly two keys uh, to unlock or to help unlock the door. In the book of Acts 16, um, Acts chapter 16, verse 23 to 26, Paul and Silas have been put in prison. It says, and when they had laid many stripes in them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all of the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And so the first key here is prayer and praise can help you bring you out of a prison situation. Prayer and praise. Your prayer to God, your praise to God can help lift you. So can I encourage you, if you feel this morning that you're in a small room in a small place and, you're, and part of you really wants to get out of it, can I encourage you to start to pray, start to, to talk to the Lord, start to say, God, I want out of this. I don't want to be here. This is not a place I, I want, I, do, I don't believe you want me to be here either. And begin to praise the Lord, begin to lift his name up, begin to focus on him. Because you know, when you're down like that, it's very easy to look inwardly. How do I know that? Because I've done it. I've done it many times in the past. You know, when we're down about things, we look inwardly and we look at ourselves and we look at our situation and like, oh, but see, as soon as you start to look to God, as you start to look up to God and you start to give praise to him, I guarantee you, something will start to stir within you. Something will start to happen within you. Acts chapter 12, verse 5, Peter had been arrested and put into prison. And it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God by the church. And it says, the angel of the Lord brought Peter out of, of prison. The second key is to ask people to pray with you. You know, we would love to pray with you. We would love to pray with you in the church here. And if you feel that you need that, you can come and talk to any of us. There's a number of us you could speak to. And don't suffer alone. Don't feel lonely. Don't feel depressed. Don't feel down alone. You know, come and share. Come and talk to us. Because we would love to pray with you. You might, it doesn't always mean you need to come out the front. After the service, you can come and chat to us. And we would be delighted. Now, do I have anything that can change your situation? No, but the Word of God can change your situation. And I can pray with you that God's Word would penetrate your life and in your heart. And God can transform that situation. So it's not 
coming to any person that's going to change things. We come to the Lord, but we can lift each other up in prayer. And I would encourage you, please don't suffer if you're struggling with things. And trust me, we've all struggled. You know, there's been times in my life that people have prayed with me. Um, so don't think, don't be proud. Don't sit and say, oh, you know, I don't want to go because people will think this or that. Everybody loves you in this church. We love each other in this church. This is a church that loves, loves each other. I believe that. And we want the best for each other. So I just want to give you that encouragement. Come and talk to us so that we can stand with you. And we can minister and pray with you together. Revelation chapter 3 verse 2. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I might come in to him. No. I'll think about coming in to him. I will. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That doesn't mean God's coming with a dinner. It's a, it's a phrase, fellowship. God wants to come in and, and fellowship with you. He wants to come in and meet with you. And almost like, it's a bit like sitting down and having a meal together. God just wants to fellowship with you. He wants to chill out with you. He wants to spend a bit of time with you. With me? Yeah, you. Why would God want to spend time with me? Because he loves you. So he's standing at the door this morning and he's knocking on your, your door and saying, how about opening up your life and letting me come and do something in your life? I wonder, do you hear his voice? It says, that if, if anyone hears my voice, I wonder if you're hearing God's voice this morning. You can hear my voice. Maybe don't want to hear my voice much longer and I'll be finished in a sec. But do you hear his voice? Do you hear God's voice? Is God saying something to you this morning? Are you sitting in your seat and thinking, he's talking about me? Right? And you're sitting and saying, he's talking about me this morning. I know that I need God to do something in my life. I know that I'm feeling empty inside. I know that there's something missing here. I know I need to come out of this room that I'm in, this prison cell that I'm in. I need to come out of that. And that might be you this morning. Do you hear his voice? Do you hear his his inner voice, not an audible voice, but do you feel that God is tugging on your heart this morning? Because that's how he speaks. God tugs in your heart inside, and you just know he's saying something. He's saying something to you. Open the, the door of your heart. Don't choose to keep God or keep Jesus standing outside of your life. If you're not a Christian this morning, God's also knocking at the door of your heart. And you need to invite him in. You know, I was brought up in church um, from to whatever. Since I was a baby, I was brought up in the church. Didn't make me a Christian. I prayed regularly. I even read the Bible regularly. I wasn't a Christian. One day, at 15, I asked Jesus to, to be my saviour. I asked him to come into my heart, to live in me. I said I was sorry for everything, everything that I've ever done. I apologised to him. I said, I'm really sorry, Lord. I want you to come and live in me. Will you please come and, and save me and change me? And I want to say that if you've never done that, 
I don't want this to sound harsh, but you don't know him, really. You need to do that. I needed to do it. And I believed in him. I believed in God. And I read the Bible and I prayed and I went to church for a long while. Stopped going to church for a wee while as well. But I made that prayer. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know Jesus this morning, if you've never invited him to come into your situation, if you've never really said to him, Lord, I need you so much. Please come and live. Take control of my life. I've been living my life my own way. I've been doing things my own way for too long. But now I want to do things your way. I want to live for you. I give my life to you. Something will change. And the Bible talks about us becoming new creations. A new creation. Not an old creation, a new creation. God wants to come alive in you. And you can be a nice person this morning. So I'm not saying that you're not a nice person. You could be a really lovely person. But if you've never made that prayer, I'm bold enough to say that maybe you don't know the Lord. But he wants to know you. That's the good news. He wants to know you this morning. So come before him and ask him to come into your life. And the last thing is maybe you are a Christian and maybe you're in that really good place uh, with God. It's not a bad place. But you need to invite the Holy Spirit to take you on to a new level. And I want to say that that's just as important as all the other things. It's just as important as being in a prison situation or, or being not a Christian. It's just as important that you and that we move into what God has for us to bring us to that, that place of expansion that he wants to. God wants 100% of this church to take us to the next step in our journey. Doesn't he want 40% or 60% or even 99%? Parable of the lost sheep said God left, the shepherd left the 99 sheep and he went to, to get the one. God wants 100%. He wants this church to move together. He wants us to move into what God has for us together. Do you know, if you think about an army, I was thinking about an army, and a big army that's stretching back for miles. I was thinking a wee picture of that. And do you know, the people at the front are at the front, and the people at the back are at the back. But do you know something? They're still all part of the same army. Even though some people are at different places in their Christian life, they're all part of the same army. They're still part of that army. And they will all get to the same destination. They'll all get to the same destination. So God, I believe, wants to kind of bring this church and bring each one of us to, to a place of fruitfulness and to a place of blessing. And I thank God for every one of you guys um, because, as I say, you're, you're brilliant, all of you. And God loves every single one of us this morning. So I just want to give you this encouragement. And I want to pray. I'm just going to close in prayer in a second. And I just would ask that, you know, unless you want to hear this word again, let's do something with it. God wants us to take some action. God's calling us to take action. He wants us to do something with it. So will you do something? What about yourself? Because this word is for all of us. This, there isn't actually one excluded, including me, in this word this morning. God wants to bring me to another level. He wants to take you to another level. He wants to bring you from, from where you are and, and take you forward. So let, let's just pray together as we, as we close. 
Father, we thank you uh, for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your incredible, uh, the depths of your love. Father, the depths of your love that you would leave the 99 sheep and go and find the one. That's how much you love us. Father, I pray for, I pray for this church, pray for every single one of us, Lord, that you would speak to us about expansion, speak to us about moving from the place that we're at, moving, no matter whether it's a, a big room that we're in or a, a small one, but that you would speak to each one of us about moving into something new in you. Father, we thank you that there is so much more of you. And Father, when we think we've got it all, you show us that there's more again. Father, we thank you for all that you have. Father, we thank you for your tender, loving kindness towards us. Oh, Father, I pray that you would move amongst each and every one of us this morning. And Father, we just invite you. I invite you to just touch every heart and every life. In Jesus' name, amen.